This is Intersections, a reporting project on the root causes of violent crime from WFYI Public Media. I'm Ryan Delaney. For this chapter, we have two stories about mental health from two different sides. Emergency services, police, fire, paramedics have significantly more interactions with people suffering a mental illness in the most distressed neighborhoods of Indianapolis than the city average. Stigma and economic circumstances play a role in lack of care. Often those mental illnesses lead to substance abuse, drug and alcohol addiction, which can further lead to problems. So first, this issue from the side of police. It is rare for people with mental illness to have problems with police, but when they do, the situation can cause extreme anxiety on all sides because of the unpredictability. As my colleague Lee Noon reports, the Indianapolis Police Department is trying to better train its officers to handle mental illnesses. When Indianapolis police answered a trespassing call at an Eastside business earlier this year, they found a half-naked, agitated man lying on the floor. This cell phone video, shot by a witness, demonstrates that de-escalating a crisis doesn't always go as planned. The video was recently shown during crisis intervention training for IMPD officers. They watched as officers in the video repeatedly tased and hit the man as they tried to subdue him. Every police run is unpredictable, but dealing with someone in mental distress requires special skills of communicating and listening, says IMPD training commander Major James Cleek. When they're in crisis, it may not make sense to us, but it is extremely real to them. And if we can get there with that and give people choices, de-escalate situations, then we can save some lives. Cleek is a founder of IMPD's Crisis Intervention Program and Training, now standard for all recruits since the Sheriff and Police Department's merge back in 2007. All veteran officers are on track to be trained as well. Southwest District Commander David Hoffman is a big advocate for Crisis Intervention Training, or CIT. Hoffman's district includes the focus area at 16th and Tibbs, one of six small neighborhoods the Department of Public Safety identified as having significantly more crime, poverty, and mental health issues than other areas of the city. I think it's helpful because, it, first of all, it gets people the services that they really need rather than, for example, arresting somebody for some sort of psychotic behavior or a lot of times it'll manifest itself in just in a basic resisting law enforcement kind of a charge where maybe there's not a criminal offense. Sometimes the people who need mental health services the most know the least about them. On top of the stigmas associated with mental illness, they often struggle with the lack of family support or income, health insurance, and transportation. That means officers like Michael Casper are more likely to encounter people in crisis. Casper works on the east side around the New York and Sherman focus area. On a call about a woman trespassing at Wheeler Mission, Casper steps in when she gets testy with another officer. No, we didn't check. Check it. You take any medication? Here? No. No? I'm normal. I take, I take blood pressure medication. Blood pressure medication. That's it. Casper got CIT training as a recruit and says it's definitely come in handy. She's what we call uh, she's 1096. So she's got a mental health issue. With them. Like when we first arrived, she said she owned the building and everything. And with individuals like that, you don't want to argue with them about whatever their delusion is. So. Like you notice I changed the subject real quick. So not to create that argument because that, that they'll turn combative on me real quick. 
If someone is threatening harm, officers have the option of sending them to a hospital for what is known as an immediate detention. That gives doctors up to 24 hours to assess what help the person needs. Four years ago, a crisis counselor with Midtown Mental Health was assigned to Hoffman's Southwest Side District. A part of the job is following up by phone with people who have been immediately detained. Hi, Tricia. My name's Linda Lynn, and I'm a crisis specialist with Eskenazi Health and Midtown Mental Health. And we do an outreach project with the police. And so I was calling, yeah, I was just calling to check on you and first of all, see how you're doing. She's trying to make sure the person is not still in crisis and to help connect him to mental health services. Lynn says the job has changed her perception of police work. There are a lot of officers. They're doing mediation. They're trying to solve problems. Some of them are doing some old-fashioned social work. The number of officers that literally will help somebody in need, be it making sure they have food or getting linked, there's just this real desire on officers for people to, they don't want to arrest people. You know, it's like, let's get this fixed. But crisis intervention isn't fail-safe, and when police confront mentally ill people who are armed, the consequences can be deadly. Take the case of Alex Myers, who was shot and killed this spring as he sat on his front porch holding a rifle. Such incidents raise a lot of questions, but IUPUI researcher Brad Ray says they also illustrate the flaws in the mental health system. We just continually cut back on funding for mental health services, and I think that's the underlying big problem here. Crisis intervention training is also meant to keep officers from harm. And Southwest District Commander Hoffman wonders if it could have prevented a tragedy that still haunts him. Crisis intervention was brand new to IMPD back in 2004 when Kenneth Anderson killed his own mother, then turned guns on officers, wounding four and killing Officer Jake Laird. What if we could have got some services to him before he went on that rampage that night? It's, you know, I think it's a, it not only improves the safety of our community, uh, reduces crime, but it improves officer safety as well. To date, over a thousand IMPD officers have been trained in crisis intervention, and crisis counselors like Lynn are being added at other districts. And a state law, named after Officer Jake Laird, allows the police to confiscate and hold weapons from any person they suspect is mentally unstable or dangerous, even if the person hasn't committed a crime. That was Lee Noon, And now a look at why so many more people with mental illness in a troubled neighborhood end up interacting with emergency services. It's not a simple answer. He was a normal guy trying to start a family in one of the toughest parts of Indianapolis. It was over off of 42nd and Post in a bad neighborhood, which I knew better, but... WFYI is only using Larry's first name out of concern for his family. One night, about two years ago, he got jumped outside of his apartment complex. They killed me on that basketball court. The injuries and experience left him with post-traumatic stress disorder. Larry says he had several blackout episodes where he'd be overcome with anger in the months that followed. One of those outbursts turned physical as he lashed out at his girlfriend. That last time, I don't know what came over me. It wasn't me. It wasn't me at all. Police were called, and as is often the case when officers are interacting with citizens with a mental illness, rational compliance to police orders didn't happen. I closed my door, and the cop basically kicked my door in. When he did that, I looked at him, and before I got to spazzing out, 
he already had his, his weapon on me. Larry says he was unable to think about his actions within that moment, trapped inside his head. When you're in that box, when you're just thinking inside the box, it's like your mind frame is stuck and not where it should be. Larry was arrested and spent over a year in prison. He's been out for several months and has since found refuge at a new mental health program from Eskenazi Hospital. He and a few dozen teens and fellow 20-somethings hang out at a house just feet from where the Monon Trail crosses East 38th Street. The Evolve program offers a more laid-back environment than traditional mental health services. They're able to drop in and socialize while working with counselors. Just as treatment programs are changing, the way police handle citizens with a mental illness is changing too. The Indianapolis Police Department now requires crisis intervention training, or CIT, for all of its officers. But interactions between police and the mentally ill can still turn deadly. Jim Bush, who is the operations director for Eskenazi's Mental Health Services, says oftentimes a teen or young adult with a disorder is searching for acceptance. And that can lead to involvement with a bad crowd and then being pressured to commit crimes and try drugs. And then on top of that, there's lots of generational trauma. So we see so much trauma that, that really the first instinct around trauma is to, is to numb the pain. And so substances numb the pain. So these are all the kind of cycles. Then if you're addicted to a substance, then you need money that's not very you know, available in your family system. And then you then resort to things that, that you wouldn't typically do. City emergency medical services respond to three times as many mental health runs within the eight square miles of the Focus Area neighborhoods, which include Larry's old neighborhood. Julie Zimprock is with Eskenazi as well. She says a person with a mental illness is much more likely to be a victim rather than a perpetrator of crime because they're more vulnerable. Now, that being said, after they've been victimized, then their chances to become a perpetrator are stronger. Zimprock says a lack of care and a strong support system at home can leave a mental illness exposed and undertreated. Kayla Gammon lacked that strong support system growing up. She's been going through different treatment programs since she was a teenager while also navigating the foster care system. It eventually led to a run-in with law enforcement. Now, she's a member at the Evolve House. For me to have a lot of the, I guess it would say issues that I have, it didn't happen overnight. So now I don't expect it to kind of end overnight either. I just kind of have to learn to get through it and learn more coping skills and keep a support system and stay positive. She has advice for police officers as they approach someone dealing with a mental ailment like anxiety or bipolar disorder. She says to think and treat that person with as much compassion as possible. More from our series can be found at wfyi.org intersections. Intersections is produced by WFYI Public Media in Indianapolis. I'm Ryan Delaney. Thanks for listening.